0: Picture yourself, you're on an airplane, let's just say Southwest. You're on a Southwest flight, and as the 737 begins taxiing down the runway, you begin flapping your arms. And uh, the flight attendant comes along and says, "Um, sir, what in the world are you doing? Maybe somebody has pushed the like, the little bell, like, that guy's weird, what's going on here? And you say, I'm helping this plane get off the ground. She says, uh, you really don't have to do that. You shoot back, yes, I do. I am committed to making this work. I'm a team player. We all need to pitch in. She says, uh, trust me, you can sit back and relax. This plane will take off without your help. No, you protest. I've got to help the pilot get this plane off the ground. Your arms become tired and they just can't flap anymore. Well, how smart is that, right? It's time to stop trying. And start trusting that that plane will fly. That's the truth of the day. Stop trying and start trusting. We're in this series in the book of Exodus called Let My People Go. It's a phrase that appears seven times in the book of Exodus. And today we've jumped forward quite a bit. Last week we were at, with Moses at the burning bush. And now we've jumped over like 11 chapters, right, with the plagues and all of the let my people goes and all of that. We've jumped over the Passover and now we are here at the dramatic escape Through the Red Sea on dry ground. It dawns upon Pharaoh, though, that by finally allowing the Israelite slaves to escape, he has destroyed his economy. What are we going to do now? Who's going to make all those bricks? Remember, each slave was responsible to make, well, do you remember this? How many bricks a day? 3,000 bricks a day per slave, millions of slaves. So Pharaoh does the only logical thing. He goes after them to get them back. So the ancient world's most powerful army is now running down this refugee nation, probably about two million people strong, making their way slowly. <laughs> little, little kids, babies, elderly, carts. You know, they're not moving fast. Here comes the Egyptians. What does God teach us through these exciting events? Stop trying and start trusting. The Lord gave instructions to Moses to turn back and camp in a specific place, with the Red Sea at your back, basically. Camp along the shore. This is one of the most alarming commands in the entire Bible. Think about this. Put yourself in the position, you're the leader, you're Moses, and God tells you, hey, camp right here. Do you think maybe like you've stopped hearing the voice of the Lord? Clearly? Is this just me, or is this you? Like, how do... Are we sure about this? Are you sure about that? Mm. Uh, can Aaron take over? I don't want to be the guy that tells everybody, let's just park here on the beach and wait. Freedom is out of Egypt, and God is telling his people to turn back to Egypt. Well, it's because God wants them to trust him. And in order for them to trust him, He's got to prove himself to them. And you've been there and I've been there, haven't we? Our back against the wall, dreams crushed, broken heart in our hand. And we say, things were going so well. What happened? Why did you take this away from me? Why do I have to turn back? God sometimes, friends, and we don't really get a good explanation for this, Except for we know that God loves us and that God is good and he works all things together for our good. He brings us to the end of our rope where we are stuck and we are trapped just like Israel so that in that crucible he can demonstrate his glory and his power to save you, to provide for you. To be your mighty redeemer. God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this encounter in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. You know that I am the Lord. After this, they're going to know too. He knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing, even when we don't know what he's doing. He's orchestrating our lives so that his power and glory and love are more fully on display than if we got our way all the time. Pharaoh saw Moses and the Israelites pinned in by the wilderness, lost, stuck, trapped. And these chariots were like Apache helicopters. I mean, these chariots were the ancient world's gunships. They were awesome. And Pharaoh had, how many of them? 600. 600 chariots. How many chariots did Israel have? Zero. They weren't a fighting force. Israel's back is against the Red Sea, and they are facing certain destruction, and there's not a thing they can do about it. So they turn to Moses, (laughs) and they say, what did you bring us out here for? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? They're convinced that for everything else that they have seen, that the... God do for them, that now it's the end of the road for them. Jesus knows all about this kind of dilemma. He knows about dead ends. He knows what it's like to have his back against the wall, to face down destruction and death. The path of the cross led him before Caiaphas, the high priest. It led him before Pilate, who sent him to Herod, who sent him back to Pilate. And then Christ's path led him to soldiers, who grabbed some sticks and and had this crown of thorns that they didn't even want to touch, most likely. And they set this thing on his head and then, like you would with a pry bar, rammed that thing down onto his head and they flogged him and beat him and spat on him, humiliated him. They destroyed Jesus. The path for Jesus ended, well, at a dead end called Calvary. Jesus knows about dead ends. He knows what it's like for you, whatever dead end you're facing. But the thing that the people are told, the Israelites are told, is what? Don't, every every person for themselves. Flee for your lives. No, that's more like Lord of the Rings, okay? What happens here is that they're told, stay calm. Can you imagine being Moses, telling two million people, out of their minds, just stay calm. Just stay calm. The Lord is going to fight for you. We can stop flapping our arms, trying to help the plane get off the ground. We can stop helping God. We can sit back. We can let God do the heavy lifting. Why? Because the Lord who fought for the Israelites like 3,700 years ago in the Exodus still fights for you today. He wants to fight for you. He wants you to see him fighting for you. He doesn't want you to muscle through this on your own. You're just going to end up tired and sore and more bruised than if you would have trusted him to carry you through. Imagine two cooking bowls, okay? One contains fresh, clean water. Some nice reverse osmosis stuff. And then the other bowl contains battery acid. Ugh. And take an apple and cut that thing in half and put one half in the water and one half in the battery acid and just let it sit for like, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes. And then come back and very carefully, right, pull the acid apple out and pull the other apple out that was in the water. Which one do you want to eat? Which half of that apple do you want? Not the one that's been in the acid. That one is all like, I mean, if it was a Honeycrisp, now it's like a Red Delicious. (laughs) if you've ever had one of those brown paper bag school lunches you know what i'm talking about it's mealy it's gross if there's anything left at all and who knows what that's going to do to your you know to you when you eat that thing no you don't want to eat the apple marinated in acid our mind is the apple okay god's word is the water and our problems are the acid If you let your mind marinate in your problems, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get tenderized by all the negative stuff in your life. You're going to be right where the devil wants you. But if you instead let your mind marinate and be saturated with the Word of God, you'll have peace. You'll have hope. You'll be able to greet the circumstances that come at you knowing... That your Father who loves you, who gave you your eyes, ears, all your members, your body and soul, still takes care of all of those things. That he is still going to be providing for you and protecting you. That he has plans for you, for a hope and a future, to work all of this together for your good. But you can't have that peace if your mind is marinating on your problems. Well, you might say, Pastor, that sounds great. But there's 66 books in that Bible. Where am I supposed to start? Let let my mind marinate in God's word. What do do we start with? Well, we kind of choose that for you here. That's one of the nice things about the church, right? As we move through the year, we've got different texts appointed. And the text today and for you this week is the Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. Or if you prefer, stop trying and start trusting. What if? What if I lose my job, you might say? What if my wife's cancer returns? What if I get dumped? What if my, one of my children is in an accident? What if some life-changing, senseless thing happens to us, totally out of the blue? What then? The decree is the same. God wants us to replace what if with his word. Just stay calm. And now we get to the deliverance. We started with the dilemma. We've heard the decree, just stay calm. And here, in the morning, with the sun rising, isn't that nice, is the deliverance. This is one of the greatest scenes in the entire Bible. I mean, they got Charlton Heston to come, right, make a movie for this. Moses lifts his staff. Actually, I prefer the Prince of Egypt, the animated one, to the Charlton Heston thing. Anyway, anyway. The Red Sea parts. The Israelites walk through on dry ground. That's maybe the most amazing thing of this whole scene, is that they walk through on dry ground. A couple of weeks ago, I walked out here to check on this, this pile of stuff we got to burn out here on, this, on our neighbor's land. And I took two steps out onto that dirt. I mean, this was back when we had one, our first fool's spring, and it was like 50 degrees for three or four days in a row, and there weren't puddles anywhere on the, on the, standing on the turf, so I go out onto the field, and I go... And start to sink. So, you know, you pull your boots, you're just barely hanging on to your feet, you say, I'm okay, I'm gonna leave that. Okay? Sometimes ground looks like it's dry, but it's totally not. The Israelites, two million people, walked through a seabed on dry ground, firm. They didn't get stuck, they didn't get bogged down. Pharaoh and his army then follow them, and the Red Sea comes crashing down on them. And here's the song: there's no more bricks, there's no more whips, there is freedom. The Israelites could watch their kids grow up and marry and have a hope and a future of meaning, to have to live a blessed life. Not a life where there's no birthdays, there's no parties, there's nothing to look forward to. You're just trying to survive another day, another week, another year. They're free from all of that. And when did this happen? as the sun began to rise. When did God finally save his people from their long night in Egypt? In the morning. Psalm 46, the basis for Martin Luther's famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Psalm 46, verse 5 says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. When did Jesus rise again? In the morning right they went out to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark when does god deliver us from the long nights of life well according to lamentations chapter 3 verse 23 great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh each morning and what is the last name that the bible gives to jesus the very last chapter of the entire bible revelation chapter 22 verse 16 i am both the source of david and the heir to his throne I am the bright morning star. Are you feeling stuck or trapped or pinned? Are you afraid that maybe the depression will never lift? That things are never going to change for you? Or if they do change, it's only going to be more sorrow and more grief. Are you afraid that maybe the yelling is never going to stop? that the emptiness is never going to be filled in with light and hope and life and joy. Will this load ever lighten? Will this gray sky ever clear? Maybe you feel predestined for pain. And You're asking, will I ever get out? Exodus 14 announces that your battle is not yours alone. Your battle is God's battle. And he wants to fight it for you. He brought the Israelites there to show his glory, not for their destruction, but so that they would learn to trust him more in the future. Whatever it is that you're going through, the Lord is probably up to the same thing, bringing you to trust him more, getting ready to show his glory in your life, his power. God has never lost a battle, he has never, ever lost a battle, not against sin not against Satan, not against death. The outcome is inevitable. The victory is assured. Your last chapter has already been written. So once again, I'll I'll tell you, I'll ask you. Stop trying and start trusting. The plane is going to take off without your help. God has it all under control so we can stop flapping our arms. And we can take a deep breath and stay calm. Not in denial, but in trust. Amen.